Welcome, welcome everyone to actually the new Jackhammer Effect podcast. Uh, we are going to be pivoting and doing maybe as, as some of you may or may not know, I have come out with a new book recently called The Jackhammer Effect, How to Break Down Doors and Make Deals Happen for Those Who Believe They Can. So it's all about sales and business development, guys, and it's what I'm about, really. And I didn't even plan this because I'm not that smart, but my first guest, esteemed guest, is exactly what that's all about. But I'm going to start the way I always start and saying, why do we call this The Jackhammer? So we call this The Jackhammer because to us, a jackhammer is someone who doesn't take no for an answer. You're going to love this, Steve. Who believes you find a way or make a way, who likes to think outside of the box, and who does not quit until the effort is greater than the benefit. Everybody, another first today on the jackhammer. It's August 24th, 2021. And for the first time ever, I'm speaking to the future. Well, let me qualify that. I'm speaking to Mr. to the esteem, and you'll hear more, you'll you'll hear why guys shortly, Steve Brosman on the other side of the world. In fact, in Sydney, Australia, where it's 9:15 a.m. August 25th, and it's only 7:10, 7:15 p.m. August 24th in North America. Steve, welcome. Hey, Myron, it's great to be here. I'm excited for this. And I'm excited to be able to tell you what the future looks like on the other side of the world. Well, so far, so far, at least we have a future, Steve. This is very encouraging, about 12 hours. But I just realized that you reminded me as we chatted before, just a kind of preamble. Uh, I, I'd like to dive right into it. And, and before we dive into it, just for people who may or may not be familiar, who is Steve Brothman? Brothman, please? Help us out. Yeah, look, I have been, uh, I've been in business for a while. And it just so happened that two days ago, I celebrate the uh, the 38th anniversary of opening up my first business, which was a, a health club. And um, the, the interesting thing was I never really planned to get into business. It was purely accident. I was a uh, professional track runner, uh, national champion training for the Olympics, but crushed three discs on my back and you don't run real well with a bad back like that. Yeah. But through rehab, I fell in love with the fitness industry and thought, you know what, I could do this, I could do it different. And so I set out as a, a brash young kid to uh, open up a health club. And from that, I, I saw things differently. Uh, franchised a kids club into five countries, a weight loss program into two. And, and from that, it was the learnings of Stand Up, Stand Out or Stand Aside, which was my first book that I really lived and breathed is how do you stand out? How do you do things differently? Don't do it the same as everybody else. And that's transferred right across to multiple um, multinational businesses, six and seven figures, and uh, a great, a uh, lot of wealth that I worked with a, a lot of fantastic people, uh, working with them, taking on their knowledge. And now I help and support businesses of all sizes to do exactly the same, create their unique authority positioning. But most importantly, as you say, the, the elixir of life is sales. And I now help them in a, a fairly unique way to be able to achieve greater sales, particularly virtually. Yeah, you work with the world, Steve. I understand that, correct? You work all over the world right now. With, with, with either companies or individuals or sales sales consultant in the world of, and we'll get into more detail very shortly, but in a broad sense, in the world of sales, 
correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and predominantly, a lot of the people that I do work with are what I call professionals or professional service organizations, those who are selling their knowledge, their skills, their expertise, or their service, and they really don't know how to communicate it, and they end up trying to sell themselves. And by turning it around, and we'll get into this a little bit later, it really makes a massive difference when they can shift it around and uh, and really increase their sales and communicate and connect with people, particularly in this virtual world. You're right. I have more people outside of Australia um, as clients and students than I actually do within Australia. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, particularly urgent in a virtual world where not having the maybe the luxury now of the face-to-face where you could qualify, backtrack, you could do so many innuendos. None of that is possible right now. So it's even more urgent to be crystal clear. I want to share this with you because I'd love to get your comments. This was written as a foreword to my business book. And and, and it it goes, and we'll start the conversation, how you started your journey in sales, which kind of serendipity or by accident, really. So it says there are no, and I want your comments and now I'm going to ask you very specific questions. There are no institutions where you can get a degree in sales and business development. Every salesperson that I've ever worked with, with came up to the ranks and started out with no real knowledge and experience at all. It is one of the few remaining fields where apprenticeship is the only way we can break in. This makes it very hard for anyone to learn the basic recipes that work. What do you think of that, sir? When it comes to technical business qualifications, I officially don't have a piece of paper to bless myself. I don't. You confirmed it, right. Yeah, and, and it's gone through. And we're in a very fortunate world that at our fingertips, we can go and find anything that we specifically need to learn right now. Right. And as I grew up, even way back then in the, the fitness industry and, and starting my own business, it wasn't a luxury that I opened the doors, put a sign up, and people flocked in. Right. Uh, one of the first investments I ever did was bought a sales and marketing course, which was on the old cassette tapes. <laughs> so we probably remember those. And, you know, back then I bought from the winnings of my my running and everything the year before a really nice brand new sports car for $5,500. But opening up the gym, I invested $1,500 into a sales and marketing course, which these days you're looking at probably ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars in equivalent exactly. value. What, what, what made you do that, Steve? I mean, you had to have a lot of self-confidence. Back then, 38 odd years ago, you must have really felt, and because let's talk to somebody in their 20s or 30, you know, just starting out, you know, and they're thinking of it. That's a major, especially today, it's a major, major commitment to make. And they're, you know, they're scared of the dollars. How'd you do that? You just didn't think and said, okay, this is it? Or how does that happen? Well, the interesting thing, it came about when I first wanted to become good at running. Um, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd never represented the school. I'd never won my high school track championship. But in my last year, I said to my dad, I said, dad, I want to win. And he said, okay, a good friend of ours just come back into town. He's a coach. Well, we used to run around the block. We used to run around the block hard. And that was the training that I did with my dad. Right. But when I started training with my new coach, it was just totally different. I mean, I, I just really pushed and I just smashed it. I, I, I'd won the sports, got to state, and then a few years later was a, a national champion. And I realized that if you want to get anywhere, you've got to get the right coaching 
and you've got to invest in it. And so when I opened up the health club, we, we'd spent, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars setting this up. It Is made it sense. 30, 38 years ago, 37 years ago? Yeah, yeah. We, wow. we built a, a be- beautiful uh, Santa. But the other thing I, I realised that I, I've got to realise what I'm not good at. And most of the people that we work with are fantastic at what they're good at, delivering what they do. But I realised I, I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't really know anything about sales. And the results were there. So within the first couple of months, I invested in this sales and marketing course. And that just changed my life. I fell in love with marketing and started seeing things different to everybody else in a very, very competitive market. And right. it was because of that, you know, I went down these different niches and was able to, you know, set up multinational businesses from a small gym in a small country town because I invested in what I knew I needed to take me to the next level. And you didn't have many tools. I mean, there was no social media yet. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, but let's let's be serious. You know, it, today there was the three T's. That we um, and and please forgive me, I am not a sexist person, but there was the three T's that they always used to say: television, telephone, tell a woman. Right. Okay. So so there was no email as we know it was there. There was certainly no social media which started as we know it, right? And there wasn't the internet, so you didn't have the luxury and the access of these universal tools at all. Now I set out with a very a definitive purpose on how I wanted to grow the business. And it was what I still call R&R, R&R marketing. And when you get it right, you'll have plenty of R&R time. R&R was referral and retention. I set out to have the best experience for people coming there, provided an experience that wasn't provided in any other health clubs. This was not the body beautiful. We didn't have mirrors in the gyms where the guys could stand around and prance. We were looking to work with, you know, those that were overweight, those with the decondition, those that would never set foot in a gym, which just happened to be the 80% of the population right. while everybody else was competing on, you know, the 5% of the population that would ever go to the gyms. The other thing was very early on, and this might be something that your listeners may want to uh, note down, is I identified the hot referral time is when people come to the gym or they go to other people's programs, products or services, there's a time when they hit that first excitement level. Now, for me, that was around about the two to three week mark. They're they're starting to get some energy. The soreness is going away. They're getting confidence in their cells and they're, they're quite comfortable now of telling people that they're actually going to the gym. So it was at that time that we were looking to invite people to refer or bring their friends, where most other people on sign up, they say, hey, you've got your membership now, give me six names. Well, I actually don't want to tell anybody I'm coming to the gym anyway, so why would I give you six names? They were giving fake names. Every industry has a hot excitement time. And we knew it and we built on it. And we had over 70% of our members come from word of mouth. And you took it and you, and you, how'd you recognize that? You just realized that you had a very sensitive, fragile, critical window where that was a time to, to leverage, obviously, which you did, which was, I think was absolutely brilliant because like you say, when they sign up, they have nothing to say. And if they stay too long, 
they may not want to bring anybody, let alone themselves. So, you know, that goes for a lot of things, but that was actually very clever. I never thought of that. You're absolutely right. I'm not in that business and I wouldn't think of that. But I think now that I'm thinking about what you're thinking and what you're saying, I think that's extremely clever. So you leverage that to get more customers. Yeah, and there are times, and I've got a system that, that I teach all of my clients, that there's a process to go to never ask for referrals. Now, when I'm asking for a referral, hey, Myron, can you give me a referral? What's that? Hey, Myron, can you help me build my business? Can you send somebody to me? Whereas we've been doing some business for a while and we've got some great results and we're, we're circling back in and say, hey, Myron, are you happy with the results that we're getting? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. This, 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 this. Thank you so much for saying that. I really do appreciate it. I'm really excited how, how we're going and working together. Oh, by the way, is there anybody else that you could think of that we could help the same way as we're helping you? Now, that's not you sending me a referral. That's you helping one of your friends or clients. It's like it's into you helping somebody else. So they feel more comfortable. Yeah, by the way, your friend's experiencing the same sort of problem. Hadn't, hadn't thought about it, but yeah. I, I, I love that. Give me an example of that. So so how, how would you how would you articulate that? Give me an, let's say somebody wanted to uh, speak to, how, how would you actually phrase that? How could I help a colleague, a friend, uh, associate? Yeah. It's, it's not can you give me a name? It's is there somebody that you could think of right now, it's a script that I've refined over years, hey, Myron, is there someone you can think of right now that would love the same sort of results that you're getting and we could help them the same way as we're helping you? Results and help. Wouldn't you love to give that to a friend? And, 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 the, and the clever use of the semantics are, 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 are very powerful here. Uh, Steve, Steve, just, just before... Before I get into some some, some other questions that I, that 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 I, that I really I can't wait to really ask you, <laughs> how do you go from how do you go from starting this fitness because 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 it always boggles my mind and so many people want to know to then speaking all over the world, uh, creating a product that sells four million units, okay, doing all the things, building all these businesses and getting hundreds of th thousands of people literally to speak to. I know it's 38 years. I realize it didn't happen, and I'm not asking to go through the 38 years because we don't. I'm not going to live that long. We don't have that much time. But, I could probably give it to you in three, very, very, very simply. Um, just a journey here. Yeah, yeah. It all started. Um, I was doing things that other people in the fitness industry weren't, and when the outside world found out about, it, they said, "Steve, can you, you know, present? Can you teach?" I said, "Sure." And then some people said, Steve, you've got to go to the International Fitness Conference because you know, you'll, you'll learn some stuff. And I thought, oh, I'm always open for learning. So I flew over and I looked at some of the things and I was pretty brash and cocky. And I thought, you know what? I could do just as good a job. So I applied to speak and I got accepted. And then I got accepted again and more and more and more. And, and more people think, you know what? You're doing things differently. We need to have you. And so that took me all around the world and it transitioned from teaching them how to do things into then how to run their business better, how to improve their sales. So it transitioned from just the physical stuff into that. And then there's, there's something that I just do and see. And I was just talking to someone the other um, couple of minutes ago, actually, um, also from Canada. And it was like, 
I saw a lady throw a cigarette butt out of the window. It landed in front of me on the grass. And I thought, I'm going to throw it back in because I don't want it. How dare you? You're in my neighbourhood. I could see that she was going to go up in flames and I was going to go to jail. And I thought, that's not going to solve anything. But then, you know, the old reticular activator system, it's when smokers were getting kicked out of buildings. There were butts everywhere. It's like, oh, now I started seeing that. I thought I had to do something about it. And with a colleague, I said, mate, they should carry personal ashtrays. And he said, oh, they've been around for years. And then um, you know, if the viewers could actually see, the, I've invented a portable personal ashtray with a bum on it, a bottom, a butt. So butt and butt. And I thought, okay, what if I do this? And what we did, and again, those in business need to listen to this. There were already 12 successful personal ashtrays on the market. We didn't go in looking to sell another personal ashtray. They don't need personal ashtrays. The buyers, the customers, which are the environmental groups, the, the local government organisations, et cetera, need a solution. So we packaged up a cigarette butt litter reduction campaign program. We sold that, which just happened to include <laughs> our own personal ashtrays, which is why we sold $4 million into 26 countries. The others were trying to sell it to the smokers. We were selling it to the people in lots of thousands and ten thousands and half millions because we were providing a solution. Now, for your listeners, there are so many people that are selling their nuts and the bolts. The digital marketers are selling SEOs and PPCs and all of that. You know, everybody's just selling the stuff that they do we were selling a program and an outcome. That's why it was a seven-figure business. What do, you, what do you mean by a program and an outcome? Can you just elaborate briefly, please? Sure. Um, so uh, let's just take another example, a dentist that we worked with. And they're an on-demand, like many businesses, an on-demand service provider. Right. You come to me, I'll provide a service, you fix it, you go away. Right. Um. So he was working in an area where there were older people, where amalgams were cracking, teeth were cracking. It was going to happen. So we put a teeth for life program together where they came in, they assessed what was going to break down. Would you like us to fix it before it breaks down? That's going to save you time, save you money and a lot of pain. I'd love that. Well, then by the look of it, it's going to have X number of teeth. And we build them over a, a on a fortnightly or two weekly basis. The first program, and he said, I'm a dentist, I don't sell. So we sold the program. And he said, Well, is it important for you to keep your teeth for life, or do you mind waking up next to them on the bedhead there? And they said, No, I don't want to have dentures. And he said, Well, we've got this program that's going to allow you to eat steak till the day you die. Oh, wow, I want it. So it's a program, not an appointment. His first program that he sold was a $40,000 program instead of a broken tooth for $1,800. And he kept selling just programs. People come through and they said, well, I've got this broken tooth and it looks like you're going to have seven more before you die. Would you like us to fix them over the next two years? So he ended up having between fifty dollars and $60,000 worth of recurring billing coming in before he even opened the doors every month. Oh my God, you know, and I never in a million dreams would have thought for a dentist. And, and what, what's, what's critical to me, and I, and I hope to anybody listening, is the thought process here, the way of thinking here, you know, 
how, how you look at something and, and, and there's two things that, you know, the common denominators with, with, with many entrepreneurs like yourself, you know, where you sales or business development is that how, how can you take something that and disrupt it and, and disrupt it in a constructive way, you know, and, and what's critical, and then you become a jackhammer. I mean, you're, you're relentless. Okay. If I could use the expression, but it's, it's this differential like you said, with the ashtray or the dentist, or I'm sure other examples that we can go into that has, again, which is what you're all about, and the only way that sets you apart. Because if you're like everybody else, you become ordinary. And ordinary doesn't get anybody nowhere right now. The challenge is to be extraordinary. The, Which the is principle a that yeah, the principle that's behind most of that, and if they want to take this down as well, is sell the program, not the pieces. Sell the right. payoff, not the pieces. And the other one that a lot of people resonate with is sell the aspiration, not the perspiration. People don't care how long it takes you to do things. They care on the result. I don't care whether you're going to take 500 hours to do something. I'm going to pay for what it does for me. So we don't want to buy your per hour. We want to buy, buy the payoff, how it's going to affect my life or my business. Right, right. And people get so fixated on, you know, I've got to do my cost recovery. Well, if they position the value significantly greater than their potential investment, they will have the sale. You know, Steve, you're defining the business rules on your own terms, okay? And that's what's critical here. You're not, you know, you're not competing... Uh, 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 like like nails for nails. You're figuring out a different way to make the nail, okay? Or a different way to put the nail in or a different way to present the nail to the nail customer, to use an example without nails. Yep. And that that is the critical you're, you're, because there are a lot of very talented Steve Brothmans, Brothmans out there, excuse me. And and you're, you're, you're not playing by their rules. You're playing by your own rules. The competition is you, which is which is it's absolutely brilliant. My compliment to you. I'm not saying you're going to say it because you're right on, and you're an urgent reminder to everybody listening and to myself how critical that is to to create your own rules and your own rules of the game to be successful. Well, it, it comes back to my athletic sporting career. I'm a competitive bastard, and I like winning, so. I changed the rules and you've almost alluded to one of the programs that I have, which is change the game. And I put all my clients through the change the game. How can we create your own game with your own rules on your own pitch? And the only way to do that is create your uniqueness and create and communicate it in a clear and compelling and unique way. I tell people that they've got to create their own isms. You've heard quite a few of them, Steve-isms. The, the way that I communicate things differently. They don't have to completely do things absolutely different to everybody, but they communicate it differently in a way that stands out. Then they're going to get people saying, wow, that's interesting. How do you do that? And that just opens the door for the conversation. It's uh, my first book was called Stand Up, Stand Out or Stand Aside. Um, my wife, who's an Amazon book coach, uh, I wanted to call it be different or bugger off, but uh, she wouldn't let me. (laughs) But that's how strongly I feel about it. If you're not standing out, if you don't have the fortitude to really stand up, and when you stand up and stick your head out above the crowd, be prepared for people to criticise. That's great. 
But when you're doing this, you kind of leave yourself naked to the world, which you have to, and you pioneer, and, 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 and you, you put a push ahead, just changing the tone a bit. In all the years, what are some of the hardest lessons that you've had to endure? Uh, I guess I'm one of these people that can see problems early and I'm not afraid to go and ask for help. And that, I guess, could be a great lesson. And, and at times when you stick your head in the sand and you let something fester along because you think you know better or you may be too egotistical, too, too egotistical to go and ask for help, that is when problems occur. And I've been quite fortunate to, to raise up the ranks in, uh, in what I do throughout the world. But I'm always the first to admit to anybody who's listening is I've always got at least one, if not two mentors. Really? Yeah. yeah. And again, to get to the best and be better than what you are, you've got to have people who are better at certain things. And one great lesson that um, quite a few years ago, I realized that some of the phone sales techniques, back then it wasn't the internet. And I, I didn't really like phone sales at all. Put me face to face with somebody. Um, so I went to a, a, a course, a program, a live program, and a few people were sitting there thinking, what, what's he doing here? And they said, Steve, what are you doing here? That you, You're good at this. I said, well, I'm here to learn from somebody who can, who is better than me at one part of my business that I need help with. And I'm here to invest in his knowledge. And that, that's a good lesson is like, well, identify the the one or two things that you need help with and then invest in those people to, to do it. And I'm, I'm always identifying areas that I need help with and I'm investing in those people so I can get better. How, Steve, I, I, I'm sure like anybody else over, over 38 years, you've had your share of disappointments and uh, some failures, I guess. Uh, how, have you how have you dealt with that? Because I have to think, being in sales and business development and, and people thinking of getting into it, it, you know, it's a very emotional, personal thing. And one of the challenges is, is to learn not to take it personally, especially when you're young, but, but to move on. And, and that's a challenge. It's easier intellectually, you understand it, but you have to really live it. Otherwise, you think you're dead before you start. So how, how have you dealt with disappointment or failures you know, in, in the past? And what, and what I'll take one step it? forward and then three back and then 10 forward if I right. could do that. <laughs> the one step forward is acknowledging that, yes, I have done things that haven't worked. Yeah, we, we all have. Right. But I'll take a few steps back from the day that, you know, I was training for the Olympics. I felt 10, to, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Everything was normal. I got on the blocks, done all the warm-ups, pushed out, fell flat in my face and couldn't get off the ground. It, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And for the next few days, it was like, well, how the heck am I going to get out of bed and, and walk and do all those things normally? Exactly. My life was defined by being the, the champion, the athlete, the guru on what I was doing. And that's been, that was ripped away from me. The first thing I did is, well, I took full ownership of whatever led up to that point. It was the extra training that was wrong. It was the too much of the wrong stuff. It was trying, you know, not listening to my coach and doing other things. I took full responsibility. And that's the first thing that people do. Don't look for blame. It was like, I'm lying in this bed because of me. The next thing is, 
and, and I said this in a, a post the other day, who do I have to become to go to the next level again or to change? What do you, what do you mean by that? That's interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, That's great. I'll, I, uh, yeah, in fact, that I do that every six months. I don't set New Year's resolutions. I reevaluate the beginning of the year, the the financial year. I do all in, of that introspection. Yeah, and I, I set goals and plans, and then I come back. It's like, who do I have to become to achieve those? Not what am I going to do? Is who do I have to become first? And at the beginning of the year, my goal was to expand more into uh, the Northern Hemisphere to, to work with more of you guys over there. And who do I have to become? Well, I've got to do this. I've got to step out of my comfort zone and do this and this and this and this. I have to do the uncomfortable. Now, when you talk about failures, it's like, well, what happened? Where were the potential personal failures and other mechanical failures? And then who do I have to become to overcome them, get back on the horse, and then take those extra steps forward. And it always starts with, yeah, we, we my wife and I were fortunate enough to spend um, a week on uh, Necker Island with Richard Branson and a, a handful of other people in a high-level masterclass. And we walked away from that with some of the learnings on life. And we came away with the, the four things. To be successful in life, be more, have more, give more, play more. So let's that, let's take let's take those four things just briefly. Be more. Sure. What do you mean by that? Well, who do you have to become to step up? It's all about who do you have to become. So okay. be more. If you want to build a successful business, be the successful business person. If you want yeah. to be better at selling, be the person that has to be better at. If be you what want you to, want to become. Okay. Yeah. So and have more. Well, hell, go out and accumulate wealth, assets, whatever. Just have more. That's what we're here. But also one of the goals to have more is so that you can give more, whether it's your finances, whether it's your time, your knowledge, your expertise, just give more and then play more. Hey, life is meant to be fun. Right. I've got another saying in the household here, if it ain't fun, it ain't done. Right. <laughs> I, I, do you have a mentor or a coach? Yeah, I, I work in a number of different groups with different people and I sometimes cycle back to people to depending on who I need at the at the right time but yeah definitely so and how do you stay so passionate and driven after all these years <laughs> always look for for things to do and I was just sharing um with the client just just a minute ago is and that question gets up Asked to me a lot because I am a passionate person and I am full on with with a lot of things that I do. But I've got a morning routine that everybody that's successful should have or does have a, a morning routine. Mine is I do a quick self-check meditation. How am I feeling? What am I doing? Then the next thing is my feet do not touch the floor until I have some, a one, at least one thing that I'm excited about today. How do you I do that? I don't touch the floor. How do you I do, do that? Not... Well, like, that'd be something do you just think about, about it? Or... How, how, how... That's amazing. How do you do Fine. that? You just... I, I just do a quick, yep, how am I feeling today? Yep, I'm feeling good. Not every day I feel good. Yeah, I've got a few war injuries. There are aches and pains and pretty crappy. But, yeah. 
I've got a list of things that I'm excited about today. You know, um, it's, you know, 20 to 10 here and I've been on at a 6 o'clock, a 6.30, a 7.30 and now you, guess what? My day's virtually finished. My God. I mean, <laughs> I get... I get to spend the day with my boy who's doing work with me. We do some planning. We've got some great things coming up. There's, you should always have something in the pipeline that you're excited about. Always. So true. Would you get any what advice would you give to somebody who feels held back by their personality? Are these changes for the business or the ingrained in them? How, how can they get out of that? Baby steps. Absolute baby steps. And what is it that you could do today, tomorrow that, that that's a baby step? My second last book was called Exceed, How to Exceed Your Own Personal and Professional Expectations. And a lot of people set wrong goals. They set the big goals. They said, you know, set your BHAG. I, I, I set what's called momentum goals, that they're a stretch. You know you can get there if you do the right thing. And so it's within reach and you're able to put 100% in. And then one of the other of the six principles that are in the book is do more today than is required. Now, that might be a quarter of a percent or a half a percent or something. What is it you get up is like, I know what I've got to do today. What is it that I could actually add, do that one little bit more? Now, what happens is, and that could be working on it. So, you know what, I've got to pick up this phone and, and, and call that extra one person, or I've got to put out this video, or I've got to do that one thing and then exceed that. And what happens is you get to the goal faster, you get to potentially a bigger goal, but you get to it with momentum. That's why they call momentum goals. And then you slingshot onto the next goal with momentum, and then you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And what people don't realise that psychologically and physiologically, when we have a kill as a, uh, a native and animals are the same, when they have a kill, they get a surge of dopamine and testosterone right. that gives them the psychological ability, the physical strength and the confidence to go to a bigger kill. Right. So instead of setting big goals that you never actually get to, which puts you in loser, 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 Set momentum goals. And when you achieve that goal with momentum, you have that surge to be able to go on to the next bit and the that's next true. bit. And that's a big thing. You should always schedule in a win in your day, but, week, life, whatever. You, you, are you telling us how the urgency of mindset and being intentional, as, as they say, in, in terms of, 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 of doing this is... is is, is that, the, are those important factors? Because it sounds like it is. Uh, Crucial. Critical. Crucial. Yeah. You've you probably gathered by now I love alliteration and I, I love little sayings is um, I also live by the four Bs, brain, body, brand, business. The first thing is brain, that's your mindset. And that's why I start the day making sure my mindset is right. It's in the right frame and I do other things as well. The body is I train, I still train hard. If your body falls apart and you are not in the best optimum physical condition for whoever and whatever you are, you don't all have to be, you know, crazy um, Olympic fitness fanatics. Right. So that's your body. Then your brand is you need to create your own personal brand, whatever that is. And even within an organization as an employee, you've got to have your own personal brand within that. And then 
the business pretty well takes care of itself. Most people start, I've just got to work on my business and the other three don't, don't happen. Absolutely so not. always, always start with your mindset. You know what? And the other thing, it just seems that you emanate gratitude. I love it. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, it just seems that, and, and, and you obviously, without even saying it, you are saying it, okay? Uh, it, well, thank it, you so much. Yeah, you and are. That's, the third, mean, that's the third minute of my routine. Is I, yeah. um, I do the, the check in. I get up. I have. Um, I do some deep breathing exercise to um, reoxygenate. I do hydration. Um, throw on the coffee, and I sit and do my gratitude journal. So you that, do deep, my, deep breathing. What do you mean by deep breathing? You just breathe in. Well, on an evening. We're shallow breathing. We don't use all of our lungs and we don't really oxygenate. We, we survive through the night. Right. Of a morning, the first thing that I do is a deep breathing exercise, a diaphragmatic breathing where you pull down. So I breathe in for five, hold for five, out for five. And then what that does, and that takes one minute, that's four cycles, that takes one minute to really oxygenate the blood and get the oxygen back up to the brain because I'm just about to use it. So true. Steve, if you were talking to a millennial or a Gen Z, somebody anywhere between 20 and 30, okay, years old, uh, you're talking about sales. What do, you, what do they need to know? Well, I guess probably what they need to know is forget everything that they're told <laughs> because a lot of the the sales is really trying to, uh, particularly if they've got a product or a service, they've got a, the traditional is uncover a problem, sell to their need, pitch, close, overcome objections, pitch harder, and then close the deal. Whereas the sales actually starts before the selling, just like in Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello. The minute they see you somewhere, you know, whether it's out there in social media, whether it's a marketing piece or something, they're forming an opinion of you. Now, I, I talk about the brown box syndrome, particularly professionals. Very they true. title themselves by their service, their category, their occupation, you know, whether you're an accountant, you're a dentist, you're a financial planner, a coach or whatever. Yeah, they call themselves that. They're the same as everybody else. And the biggest thing is to focus on the buying energy. Now, if I'm going to be talking to you just another financial planner, my excitement level and buying energy is pretty low because I could have talk, spoken to the next one, the next one, the next one. No, no right. excitement. Whereas when you're positioned as an authority, the buying energy is a lot higher. It's like, wow, I get to talk to this person. Instead of qualifying and saying, you're the right person for me to sell to, I tell them they should cultivate, cultivate a relationship, send information where they actually get a piece of you. They get to know who you are, like, and trust. And that comes from manipulating some of the other hormones, you know, the dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. It's like that, that person, I, I just love being around that person. I just yeah. want to spend more time with them. So the buying energy goes up and up. And can I share this one thing in sales that is an absolute killer these days because everybody is taught book them in for a discovery call. I'm not saying don't have a call with them, but don't ever call it a discovery call because everybody knows that's a sales call. So the buying energy and the sales resistance 
the buying energy goes down, the sales resistance goes up, and you're up against it before you actually get on. Very Call true. it a high Very value true. outcome. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's so when you title it, and you know, one of mine's a, a prominence and uh, persuasion review. How do you stand out? What is your sales process? People think, well, I'm going to get something from that. And the value and the excitement to get on that and the piece de resistance that we coach is then they get a video just before the call. And be, hey, Maren, so you've booked in for a call. Can't wait for our chat. I've had a look at your website. I've had a look at your LinkedIn profile, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've got some fantastic ideas I can't wait to share. How do you think the buying energy is going to feel after that? Very excited. You can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you anyways tomorrow like that. I'm waiting for that video. It brings me to my, my next, you mentioned talking to a millennial Gen Z, throw everything out. So it, it leads me to, I have to ask you this. So what was the stupidest thing you believed back when you were younger, that when you started out, that you don't believe anymore? Oh, that was, uh, that's a damn, damn good question. Um, stupidest thing that I believed. I, I'm not sure, and it's not because I haven't found or known or done anything that's stupid, is I guess I'm quick to react and admit and make changes. So I've never really let anything fester and go down, down the route. Look, I've been, yeah, just, just adapt really quickly. Um, the only thing that you get sitting on a fence is splinters in your bum. Right. And so I've learned. Just jump one way or the other. If it's the wrong way, that's fine. If it's the other, then it means you just got to jump back over the fence and keep jumping. Uh, yeah, I, I follow Michael Jordan's principle: just elevate, decide in the air. Absolutely. What What would you What would you go if you could go back to your twenty year old Steve Brosman? What would you tell him to accelerate your business? A lot of people would think that I'd go back a little bit before that and not do the things that made me injure myself. I would love to have got to the Olympics. I would love to have potentially, from what the coaches were said, maybe get to the semifinals. No more because I wasn't blacking on drugs, but that was another thing <laughs> back then. Um, uh, but because that happened, I'm here talking to you. You wouldn't be talking to me if I was no. a worn out, broke athletic jock. So everything that's happened along the way has got me to the point of where I am now. Would I like to have days without pain? Yeah. Am I enjoying talking to you? I'm enjoying talking to you a lot more. I'm loving it. So you. everything that I've done has led up to this point right now. I'm not a person that looks back and say, oh, damn, I wish I should have. There are things that I know that I could have changed and done better. But do I dwell? No, because I'm here today because of everything that I've done leading up to today. I love it. I have, I have, to, I have to ask you something just completely different because I, nothing's I just off limits, mate. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I, I won't keep you much longer because because I hope everybody listening is getting the same vibe of inspiration, information uh, uh, from from you. And, and and it's unfortunate they can't meet you because you you are the real deal, Steve, and you radiate this. And when I heard you on another interview uh, uh, from Meadow, 
I, I said I was hoping and praying that I could have you as a guest. So I just how much I appreciate it. I because I really, really am genuine and really do really do. So I have to ask you this. If you could go for coffee or lunch, two questions. Anybody alive, who would you go with? Um well, I have been fortunate to hang with some pretty cool people, which is which is good. Um I'd probably I'd probably pick Elon Musk. Why? Again, because he thinks differently and he's not afraid to do things differently. Not because of the success that he's achieved, but because of who he is to get there. You know, way back when he was one of the early people in, in PayPal and things like that and nobody knew who, who, who he was, they took bold risks back then. And he, the way, the things that he's doing with the solar, I, I really look at what's behind, you know, with the, the panels, with the batteries. But more importantly, the grid. Yeah, he can sell panels and he can sell batteries, but setting up grids where basically, like one of my former mentors always said, own the race course and be the toll gate. So he's setting up being the toll gate by setting up the, the solar grids that's going to manage electricity in a much more Absolutely affordable right. and sustainable way. Right. But it's he's a different model network. that other people should follow. He's controlling the network. Yeah. And who would you go for coffee or lunch or whatever? Coffee, anybody who's, died, who's dead, who would you go with? Kobe Bryant. Why is that? He, when you when you look back, Kobe growing up was a good potential basketballer. And I saw an interview with him the other day, and he said, I wasn't the fastest, so I had to work out ways to, to read the game, learn to play better. I didn't have the biggest hand, so I had to learn ways on how to control the ball better. I wasn't this, but I had to learn ways to do that. He, <coughs> excuse me, he wasn't blessed with abnormal physical attributes. You'd never know it by watching him. No, but he was blessed with an attitude. And he's actually he transferred. Yep, I'll just, I'll just grabbing a quick water there. Yeah, sure. <coughs> Excuse me. And he was actually transferring that into business. And one of the people said, when you're investing in a business, what do you look for? And he rattled off four key points. And the audience jaw just dropped. He's like, oh, my God, they are just brilliant. So if you have a mind, the right mind that he had to develop into a phenomenal basketball player, he's transferred that across into business to be able to uh, apply those principles into business. And that's why he's been, um, he's been very successful in both. If I gave you a billboard in Times Square in New York City, what would you put on it? The exact words I probably couldn't give you, but I would look to find the most empowering, concise, powerful, inspirational set of words that I could do to give people hope and inspire them to take action on something today. 
Perfect. But that's exactly what it's all what, what, what it's all about. Steve, I, how can people find you? I make it really simple so I can remember it. <laughs> uh, look, I know your listeners, if they've got a genuine question and they want to connect with me, Steve at stevebrossman.com. They can just drop me an email and I'll personally reply. Or they could, two things, they could head to the website, which is just stevebrossman.com. That's the best way? That, that's that's pretty well the, the best way. I think that would be a, a great way of um, doing it. Okay, um, they can connect with you then. Steve. I'm going to give you a link to put in your show notes because I can't remember it. It's a it's a bitly link Please. that they could actually get a copy of the back pocket guide to self selling secrets. Wow, that's very in generous. Fact, that's great. Yeah, they they could go and get a copy of that. But if they're listening and they want to write it down, it, it's stevebrosman.com forward slash self sell. But I'll give you the link to to put in the show notes. And that's a, it's a, it is a back pocket guide. It's um, information. There's videos in there. It's almost like a workshop in a book. And it's uh, probably a 40-minute read and would give them a really good insight as to how they could turn things around and implement some of the stuff that I've been talking about today. Yeah, that's the key. Implement. Action. Steve, I can't thank you enough, really, for your value time. I know it's the beginning of your day. You got stuff to do, places to go, people to meet, as my aunt used to say. So I'm going to draw a close like I always like to do. I think you'll like it. This is from Carrie Fisher, the famed actress. And she said, stay afraid, but do it anyway. What's important is the action. You don't have to be confident. Just do it. Eventually, the confidence will follow. I'm sure you agree. Absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, yeah. I love awesome. it. I love it. it and, and this look, has been thank- a, a treat, an inspiration. Our first pivot in the jackhammer effect podcast the sales and and because i think whether you're in business or personal you got to sell yourself or in some way somehow some shape some form whether you're doing it every day in business or however you're doing it i'm sure you'll agree yeah look it it, it is all about it doing it the right way and um again my i i thank you for reaching out and uh having me on because I'm blessed to be able to share my message through people like you. My goal is to create a tsunami around the world, but I can do it through ripples that you can create through your people. Well, so I really do appreciate it. We will circle back again at some time. Trust me, as we talked earlier, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for, I hope people act. That's the bottom line if they want to act. Okay. Have a great day in Australia. Thank you for your time, Steve. Thanks buddy. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it and need your feedback, good or bad. Please go to Spotify or Apple and leave a rating and a review. We are learning as we go and really need your feedback. Really appreciate it. 